Hi everyone, and welcome to Happy Not Satisfied. My name's Dan Morrison, and I'm the founder of Happy Not Satisfied and the host of this podcast. So today I have a super special guest, and I, as I was just telling her when I thought of the concept for this podcast, she was literally the first person I thought of. Um, she's done incredible, incredible things. Um, you've seen her on American Gladiators and The Biggest Loser. She's CEO of this amazing platform called Foriena, um, online content, online uh, motivation and inspiration and everything in between. Uh, it's an incredible, incredible resource. But really, she also is somebody that I kind of coincidentally met through a mutual friend, but feels like has been in my life for 20 years. And I think we're kind of kindred spirits. So uh, all that being said, hello, Jen Wiedestrom, and welcome. Hi. Yeah, I remember that. I think I crashed your your lunch. It was meant to be, though. I mean, I think that's for sure. Yeah, it it was a, a momentous occasion in my life because it connected me to you. Well, it was funny because I went to see my friend and you you and Ellie were there and um, I didn't talk to my friend at all. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't even know. You like maybe said hi and that was it. We talked for like two I hours. Think, it was just... We did. Yeah. But you know, there's all there was all these wonderful weaves of our lives. I Being both from Chicago, both being having that coaching, teaching background, you know, it was, it was, it was just meant to be. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so all that said, thank you for being here. And I'm very excited to talk to you about Happy Not Satisfied and all kinds of things that I know you sort of live by as well. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the big things that pushed me to do this podcast was the idea of the thread that kind of goes through all the episodes, which is this idea of successful people um all you see is the tip of the iceberg and it looks like maybe they got lucky and that their success just kind of happened overnight because that might be what the outside world saw. And so yeah. what I like to talk to people about is how they created their own luck and what's beyond the tip of the iceberg. What does the rest of the iceberg look like? So I'd love if we can kick this off with you maybe talking about a time where that happened or just how you relate to that idea. Yeah, I mean, I think the standout is is you know being on biggest loser uh, you know it's it's by far my most widely known uh, i guess i'll say job it was a job but uh it was it was what really put me on the map and put a lot of eyeballs on uh, my coaching style my way of working with people the way i would use um you know workouts and the promise of weight loss as a pathway to much deeper conversation and uh, a lot more truth and you know that's the tip of the iceberg. The rest of it is, you know, I, I was like poor living in California, working the, you know, the, at a, at a random studio in the Valley, um, just trying to figure it out. I initially wanted to be the front desk, uh, check-in person. And, uh, cause I got a free membership at this gym and, uh, and the owner, his name's Mark Carreri, said, you know, I, I should be work, you should be teaching classes. I was like, Oh God, no, no, I'm not, not interested. Just want to be the checker in person. So fast forward, you know, to a few months later, I'm teaching classes and over time I started to really enjoy it and really love it and built quite a following. And it wasn't long before biggest loser came coming. I, you know, came calling, I should say. And, you know, I had done some like workout DVDs. Yes. DVDs. Yeah, oh, like I'm, I'm there. I got you. <laughs> I've, I'll send you the. I'll text you the cover after this. Please so you'll, do. You'll, you'll get a giggle. But so I already. I had gotten some visibility. I had some things. You know, some work under my belt. But like, because there's a called, and I remember I went to the audition and was so just hyper aware of what I was wearing, what I was doing, what I was saying, and I didn't even like make it past like the second stop on the audition it was like the video and then you sit with the casting director and they're like we'll call you as i like rip my application out in front of me kind of a thing and then a few more years went guy by and i and, and i went in again and didn't get it and then three more years went by and you know it's it's, it's i'm just trying to build the storyline of here i am still like as these years go by and i get these opportunities to audition i am starting work at 5 a.m. I'm teaching classes at the Pulse Fitness Studio. I've got clients all day. I'm just grinding. And by the time I finally got Biggest Loser, I had been doing this for years. I had, in a way, um, you know, and by the way, with no promise of ever making it anywhere, I just was interested in paying my bills and having enough for beer on the weekend. Like, (laughs) I didn't really have a plan. Yeah. And 
And ironically, uh, when Biggest Loser came, although I had not done much TV, I had done so much work with people that I knew if I just focused on them that I would be okay. I was like, I, I, that's the only thing I can worry about. If I worry about the coaching and I can worry about the relationships, the cameras can do what they want to do and I will figure out the rest. And, but I mean, this is, I mean, Dan, there was years, six, six or seven years between just my first audition and getting Biggest Loser, let alone the years that came before that. So, you know, I, I it, you you kind of said how people make their own luck. I, I, I less and less I believe in luck. I think mm-hmm. I believe in hard work, and I think I believe in when opportunities come, if it's the right time for you, um, you capitalize on them. And the other two times I auditioned, it wasn't right for me. I was too worried about being what I thought they wanted versus letting the true Jenny come through. And it was clear that it wasn't my time. But there's so much work. There's so many hours. There were so many four a.m. alarm clocks. There was so many. 4am club plug for the 4am club Club. i tell you what (laughs) you and pudge that's right um so so yeah i think that has to be my greatest example and i and i kind of hijacked this a little bit without letting you talk much but that was really it and i sometimes i'll look back and i think i have no idea how i did that i don't know how i mentally physically emotionally came through all those days but I did, and it was that it was the that that work and that time on tension that when the cameras did roll for loser, I was ready. I didn't have any doubt about my ability as a coach. Every you know every human is so unique, but I'd worked with so many people already that I felt confident that I could find you know a way to help them feel special, and I wouldn't have done it without the year ten years of reps before that. The reps, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many great takeaways. I think the first obvious one is, oh, so you didn't just move to California and have your big yeah. break, and you know, six months later, you're on The Biggest Loser. I mean, that's obviously not the way it went. But the other thing that I love is that you were actually rejected from The Biggest Loser two other times, and you could have easily just said, well, I guess it's not meant to be, or I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, and that was fun to try, but. The, the the tenacity to keep going back yeah. is why you got there, you know? And if you had given up, you're, you we wouldn't be sitting here talking and we wouldn't know each other and you wouldn't have your life. I mean, yeah. so many things would have gone differently. I no wonder, like, I got to tell you, Dan, it didn't even occur to me to stop being a trainer. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the thing. Like, I don't, I didn't pick something and thought, I'm going to do it if I get Biggest Loser. And if I don't get Biggest Loser, I'll pick something else. I love being a trainer. I love being in service of people. I love working with the body. I love letting people learn about themselves through their workouts. I love, I love seeing, I mean, I just, I love it. You're so a teacher, I, you're an educator. Yeah. I mean, every everything you're saying, I can so relate to. And like, before we right. got on here, you were beaming about like a great session that you had. And that's that's a teacher mindset, you know? You, you thrive seeing others succeed, and that's really inspiring. Well, I wonder if people get stuck, and this is a fun topic, they get stuck because they, instead of figuring out what's really on their heart, what really feels like is part of their purpose or something that they're at the very least excited about, right? That instead of finding that and listening to that, um, they pick something that looks interesting or cool or or to their peers would be, they would be celebrated by their peers and say, I'm gonna go for that and when it doesn't work, they quit it because it was actually never part of their hearts in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just, I wonder if that's part of why there's this system of like qu- quitting people are practicing, just kind of giving up. And sometimes I wonder, is it giving up or is it just letting go of something that you never wanted to do anyways? It's an interesting uh, distinction too, isn't it? Because it's, it is one thing to let go of something that's not right, but that's probably a good thing. Whereas just quitting when it gets hard is a different story. And I think people conflate those often. Um, and I don't necessarily have the answer to how to tell the distinction between those, but I don't know if you have any experience thinking about that. Oh, man. I mean, listen, when I started working at the fitness studio, as I mentioned, I did not want to be a trainer. Yeah. I did not want to do it, but I did like people. Mm. And I did like that I got to make the playlist and I liked that I got a free membership and I liked that um, I was making a little dough because I was struggling like, you know, and so for me, 
it was just a means to an end. And it wasn't, it took me a few years. I think it was at least my, by my second year when I, and what, by the way, when I said the word year, like that's a long time. I just want to like really let that sit in for people. Yeah, like for sure. A, years before I realized how movement changed people and how me as a facilitator of movement was a part of that. And you, 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 you could see it in the way someone dresses, like they'll start wearing brighter colors or I had this guy, Mike in my class. I remember he brought me like a mix CD. He's like, I thought these could be like cool songs to the playlist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, like he, like it was a, it was him stepping into his courage saying, these are songs I like, maybe you'll want to play them in class or, or somebody speaking up saying, Jen, can we do extra triceps today? The bingo wings are out of control. I was like, all right, you know? And so what I realized is movement changed people and by moving together, created this community. And that's what I fell in love with. I, I started to realize that this was a tool and not a destination to pay my rent. And then it changed everything. So mm. when loser came and went, I was like, well, I'm still going to keep doing this, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and I've joked, the other part too is, you know, I, and you and I share this, like we're hard workers and I, and I have my parents to thank for that, whether that's nature or nurture or both, like we grew our own vegetables. Strength did not have a, a you know, agenda in our household. We all worked, we all cleaned, we all did, and we all shared everything. And so to me, I, I mean, if, if, if I was fired from my clients today and everyone's like, you're really bad at training, I would bust tables to pay the bills. I don't care. Like I'm at this point, like what I like to be coaching and training, of course, but you know, you, I bust tables. I'm like, I'm around people like people. I'm around food. I like food. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I have a community built into the staff. So in a way you, it, you start to retarget where, what, like it has to be for you to be happy or successful and you just start to get on the path. And sometimes, I mean, there were so many days where I'm like, it's just like, feels like the Bill Murray Groundhog Day. You just get up and you grind and you do it. And, and, and someday, and then you blink and you're where we are in this conversation. And you're like, oh man, you know, but it's the work ethic that was that river that carried me here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you're, when you're thinking about career and, and what you just talked about and you bust tables or do it, would do whatever, like you've distilled down the things that kind of drive you and it doesn't necessarily have to be the actual career itself but like you said it's like being around people and that's what makes you happy and maybe teaching and that's what makes you happy um i, I think that sometimes we get stuck on the sort of what is this thing specifically and not why do i enjoy being mm -hmm. part of this and that that can stifle finding our truest sort of identity and selves and and, and happiness in what we're doing um, and having that open-mindedness is tough, but it sounds like you definitely had that because you didn't even necessarily want to be a trainer in the first place. And now it's, God, no. it's, it's, it's safe to say it's a passion. I, mean, I think I'm glad you circled back on that because it's, it, it, what is that? It's, it's a matter of people. I'm trying to think how to put this into words. I feel like people in, more than ever now choose things that look cool and try to find pieces of them to fit in that yes. versus really letting it rise out of them. Um, which for anyone listening does take time. It's, it's and not it's like hard. you wake up yeah. and you're like, Oh, I understand now I want to be a painter. Like it just, it does <laughs> take time in life and with yourself. But then once you start to listen, it becomes really clear, mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, I'm 40 and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm clearer today than I was yesterday. It, this really is, uh, it's about time. You know, it's life is like, it's, it's a context board. It's how many people you talk to, <laughs> how many reps you take. It's all that. Yeah. So, but I, but I think, and I'm wondering, it's just because we grew up with so much less in our face of what it should look like, what it should be. So true. But if you look at any other scenario, like I wouldn't pick a dress, uh, I wouldn't pick an outfit. I wouldn't pick a relationship that looked good for someone else and try to make myself fit in it just because it looked like it was working. Like it really, I think that being happy and not satisfied comes to really listening to what strikes those chords, what strikes harmony for yourself. And sometimes, or most times, 
what it looks like is far different than what you would have thought. And I think perhaps that the the linchpin in there is expectation or peer pressure or tribal, tribal, like family, like your dad was a doctor, your brother's a doctor. Why aren't you going to be a doctor, you know, or whatever that becomes. I couldn't agree with everything you're saying more. <laughs> I mean, one one specific way of relating to that is obviously I'm in business school right now. I'm starting my second year. Yeah. And like, I feel like in, it's funny because even though I've done a lot of work on myself and had these conversations with myself that you're talking about, and I, I too feel clearer today than I did yesterday and certainly than I did three years ago, you know, but you, it never ends. Like it's, you, you have to constantly remind yourself. And I think it's also important for people to know that it's not like you just like get there and you've figured it out and you never have to think about it again. Like I, I fall into these traps still. And so when I got to school, you know, a lot of people go to, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about business school until like a few months before I applied. And I realized it could be yeah. a good thing for me, but I didn't know that a lot of people went and it was like, I'm going to go and I'm, I'm going to become a consultant at this big firm, or I'm going to become an investment banker and do this very specific thing through this very specific route. I had a a much more nebulous sort of approach and I had ideas of things I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to get these like firm skills and more finance understanding and just a more formal business training. But, you know, I didn't I, I didn't want to be a consultant necessarily or an investment banker. But when I got to school, I was starting to think, well, should I be doing these things? Am I doing something wrong? Mm. Maybe I should try to do that. And, and, and it was a struggle. Um, but then mm. you do, you have your conversations with yourself and you kind of take a step back and you, and you realize what is actually important, what makes you tick, what are you gonna be happy about like 10 years down the road? The fact that you did something because the guy next to you did it <laughs> or you embraced what truly makes you happy. Um, and so I only say that because I think it's important to, under, to know that like it, it, you fall into these traps no matter what and it's just how you work through them and how quickly you can recognize it and, and be productive through those moments to keep moving totally well and also I, I i'd like to add to you know what you've just outlined is a very healthy normal process of finding things out yeah. you're trying things and you're realizing I like this, or this is difficult for me, or this confuses me. All of it's great feedback. Like you must have, you must feel the corners as well as the smooth sides of these hmm. decisions. And I think a lot of times um, when people get stuck, and if you're someone that feels stuck, I always like remind, I'd like to remind you that life happens when you leave the house. You've got, it, it's like, I mean, you're about to be a father, right? So. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna Very you're gonna so. feed your baby like peas, and maybe he spits the peas out. But man, he likes your potatoes. Yeah, you're like oh, okay, we know that now. So it's no different. And I think that in this process of self discovery, there's a lot of self judgment. Yes. Um, and I'm not sure why that is or where it came from, but I think that we don't need to know either of those for us to be aware of it. And I always like to akin like this process of this cool journey of life is like you're putting a just a you know a 5,000 piece puzzle together Mm -hmm. and you sit and you sit and you and you kind of sometimes you gather everyone's got their own system by the way like you know my sister does all the edges first like that's her thing I have another my brother puts all the colors you that look alike and you know and uh and i'm just i go ham I don't even look at the box like I just go amazing um I think it's more fun that way but the point is is like you start to see pieces that look familiar or could work. And how many times do you try a puzzle piece together? You're like, oh man, it looked like it was gonna fit. So true. And it didn't, so right? True. And am I am I angry? Am I flipping the table over? And no, I'm like, oh, this is just a part of a trial and error. And yet then there's nothing more gratifying than sitting over that puzzle for like, you know, ten minutes and then finally getting one. You're like, oh, okay, I can go to bed now. You know, yeah. I feel good. And, and, and what's important to point out is the same process of, of the puzzle. When you have more pieces that are scattered, it takes more time to find the connected pieces. But over time, it starts to take shape. And I think what people forget is that the more you do, the actual per, the, you, you gain perspective. You actually, the work you put in that doesn't make, seem to look like anything yet, actually does give you bearings in your life in what feels good again peas or sweet potatoes whatever that is 
And then it starts to shape and then you start to get in a rhythm. And before you know, instead of a, a puzzle piece every 10 minutes, you've got a puzzle piece every five minutes. And I feel like there's this cadence that grows. And that's a really exciting thing. And I think that, you know, you, you're someone that I think have probably, you've probably finished a couple puzzles already. <laughs> like that's what I, when I look at you, Dan, I think Dan's on his next puzzle, business school. Great. That's a fatherhood. That's, that's like a that 10, puzzle. That's, that's a, an infinite but, puzzle. Yeah. But like, like I, I also like, I know this is a, a super corny analogy, but you know, it's like they're fun and they work you and it takes patience and time, but like, none it's it's not this emotional drag down like you know uh, win or lose process it's no. just process it yes so, you, it, know. you know i think something that i realized because i used to get really stressed out about like well what am i gonna do the rest of my life like what's the next thing <laughs> i don't know i don't know and like totally. i was so stressed that i didn't know and i think that's pretty common you know it's like I hear people used to people used to say to me when I was a band director, like that was a pretty specific path to follow of like music education, and then you get this job, and then you yeah. do this, and people are like, oh, "I'm so jealous that you had this clear path laid out." And I wanted to be like, I, I didn't feel like that, and I was like stressing yeah. about other things the whole time. But that I only say that because that's on I think a lot of people's minds, and I think it takes this weird trust to just do things and to keep moving forward and to like know that you have like like you said life happens when you go outside it's like you have to just do things like you have to try things and i think people are like well why i don't want to try this unless it's the thing and then they don't try anything and then it's paralyzing as opposed to just moving through stuff trying stuff seeing what works that will always make you feel better and more fulfilled at the end of the day than stressing about the thing and then doing nothing and i know it sounds crazy but i've been guilty that a million times of course but even if it doesn't go the way you thought you would go you still feel better for going exactly yeah it's just it, so what, what i guess i'm gonna put, pose a question back to you what is it about the knowing do you think makes people so comfortable or so envious of what they thought you were experiencing you mean when i was like coming through and becoming a band director and all that yeah or? they're like oh you know what you're gonna be it's so easy for you and even though yeah. it wasn't what do you think about that is really being chased what in the psyche what in the human what in the uh, yeah i mean i think it's i think it's like a human nature thing of like this level of comfortability and certainty that they perceived from what i was doing it was like you're following this prescribed path and maybe they'd say the same thing to you know like a doctor it's like you do this school and then this school and then your residency and then you're a doctor and i think a lot of people who don't have that clear path in front of them might might feel stressed about it but at the end of the day i i actually would be stressed that I felt like I had too much of a clear path. Like I wanted mm. to do a lot of different things and I wanted to explore outside of my career and, and see what else was out there. And so I actually, and it's funny cause it's the it's like the grass is always greener, right? The people who don't have the structure think they, they want more of it. And the people that are in it feel like they're boxed in. <laughs> and I so literally just, I literally just wrote the words certainty equals safety. Yes, I was like, exactly. Certainly equals safety. And then I put safe, is boring <laughs> it's so true and i, I actually so, ran into these guys recently and i told them um it was at a music thing that i spoke at and they asked me what i did cool. and i told them and, and they knew that i had left my job and all that and they said oh that's so risky and like how did you blah and in my mind i thought it would be a massive risk to have not done that like i only get my own one life like i gotta try things like it's a when, huge risk when to do stay you stuck. think you when do you think you you took on that Sorry, I stepped on you there. By no, the way, not at all. I, this is so exciting for me. So <laughs> now it's Jen's podcast. That's asking great. Dan Let's questions, do it. Apparently. Yeah. But when did you make that pivot? Because that's that's the moment that I I tend to find people in and that I work with. Yeah. That. Oh, I'm sure. You're, you're you're already there, Dan. Like you've passed what I would find is probably the the hardest piece of a journey is is the like. Oh, I can't. I can't stay here. I must go, and right. I must proceed. What gave you the courage, or the confidence, or the nudge, or was it blind luck? Like, well, which we are proving is not the case right. in this podcast. That's right. But you know what? What is that for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, honestly, it depends on how far back we want to go here. But um, I, I kind of always yeah. knew deep down, like 
I wasn't going to be a high school band director forever, right? I, I loved it, and I saw my dad do it, and it was his thing, and he thrived, and they just named the band room at Prospect after him. I mean, he and he still does it and loves it, um, but I knew in my heart that, like, I had a lot of other interests, and there had to be something else out there. I didn't know what it was, um, and so I just kind of I kept doing it, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I put my heart and soul and passion and every fiber of my being into that job. Um, but to be perfectly honest, it was I I had that issue of like being stressed of like, well, what's next? I, I might not want to do this, but I have no idea what it is. And so like that was really paralyzing to me. Like I, I remember spe- specific times I'd be driving and go down this rabbit hole of like, well, I want to do something else eventually, but I don't know what it is. And just like feeling the anxiety set in because of that. Um, and I think once I, to, to be honest, like the COVID time where I actually got to back away a little bit and think about things in a different way and have different perspective and be around some family more and be around Ellie more and just like finally realize, like, like I said to you, I only get this one life to live and if I just keep saying I'm going to do something and then not do it it's never going to happen and so I made a decision that I was going to move on and you know a friend kind of told me about business school and I realized that could be a great thing I knew I wanted to get to LA um, and start working with Jen my sister and and do all that stuff but to be even more honest and something I don't talk about a ton um, all of this really the wheels started turning and you say that you feel like I've kind of, I'm a person maybe the further along in the path or something. And, and I mean, I guess I don't disagree, but that, that happened in 2019. Um, I just had a day where I, I don't really even know how to explain it, but I like just had a day where it didn't, a lot of things happened that I didn't like basically. And I woke up the next day yeah. and knew, I just knew everything had to change. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, mm. I don't know if that's the way a lot of people, it might be more gradual with other people. But for me, it was like, I want to feel better. I don't want to be anxious all the time. I don't want to be feeling like kind of depressed for no reason. And there has to be a way to get out of this. And so I just decided to try things. I tried to exercise every day. I tried to think way more about what I ate. I mean, I tried to meditate. I did journal like all the things that you sound cliche because you just hear the self-help people talk about them it's like well everyone talks about them because if you actually do them consistently they work but I'm saying all that because in 2019 when I did that and after a few months of doing that and it sort of became part of me I think that's when a switch flipped and I I just it's like that's what I call new Dan like I just became a different person and like it almost mm-hmm. makes me emotional to talk about because I'm so yeah. happy that I did that because I've never I mean, I didn't know feeling this clear and good was possible until I made those decisions. And then I think all of that led to thinking more about the bigger picture of my life and what actually matters and thinking less necessarily about the specific job like we were talking about earlier and more yeah. about what do I want to spend my time doing? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Who do I want to be around? Like I need to make enough money to feel like I can live my life and now support a child and yes but then after that box is checked which doesn't have to be like this crazy threshold you know how do I want to spend my time and I I wasn't even capable of considering those thoughts until I had that whole revelation in my life and lived through that and really I've never looked back and I I can't imagine I ever would because once you feel once you feel this good you don't want to ever not Mm-hmm. Well, I, you made me think of like nine things. It's funny. What what what's cool in 2019? It's like you started. I almost like I, I wrote down the word listening. You were listening versus looking around or what what are you doing and what are you having yeah. and what what's working. You were listening to yourself and you woke up that day and you really listened and you let it lead you a different direction. Yeah, for the first and time. And it's it's really funny because, and this is not my analogy, but when what, that's why I I love workout working out and health as a vehicle because you got to spend time with Dan in those workouts, in those meditations, in that pro, that that's all personal process. Sure, it's cool to have abs, and the people want it, you you go from a size twelve to a size ten. That's awesome. Like yeah. that, there's no better, or in my opinion, no greater motivating factor than pride. I did. I tried that's awesome you know and and but you started to collect this evidence of 
something else that was within Dan that maybe had never been given light or maybe you just weren't, uh, I don't want to say mature enough to see, but just, there's a clearing. You can say that. that. No, you can happen. say that. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> listen, sure. listen, like, I'll tell you what, I, I apologize right now to all my boyfriends in my twenties. I was not of, of sound mind. Your boyfriends that your, your boyfriends probably weren't either if they were in their twenties. Let's oh, be honest. <laughs> I mean, I probably owe all my boyfriends in my thirties an apology too. So let's just go ahead. I'm sorry to everybody. Um, but no, you know, so there's the, there, and there's this, it's almost like ice thawing out. There's, this this awakening that happens and it comes it is an awakening the effort yeah and and that's what you did and so what's cool is you have this evidence of this this person these ideals and not only that this capability you're like i never thought i could work out five days in a row let alone 50 and i know you have probably over 500 days in a row this 4am club i know you haven't been doing that shit forever but like now you're doing it and it's like you'll never trade it yeah and and what's what's fun is you and the other thing that i heard is like now again this vantage point that you're, you've created for yourself of not and we're certainly never putting down for ourselves we get to learn from them and cherish them and say oh my gosh that person yeah. was a big part of here but now that you feel this way and this is the best part now we protect this feeling exactly it's much easier to protect this feeling and this understanding once you've gotten there versus seeing if it even exists and i would i would say most of us stay satisfied because we don't really know if happy exists we don't really know if if in fact we were able to find it and touch it could i sustain it will i blow it up will i fail you know and often the paralysis comes in questions and in worry and in doubt without even seeing that, oh my God, it's one, like it's one night, it was one night sleep away for you. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's for everyone listening, it's so much closer than you think, but your willingness to believe it's there it is that's, it all hinges on that. Man, you're hired. That was incredible. <laughs> that that was, I, I mean, that's, that, you're talking about this stuff better than I, I can. I mean, I think you said that we stay satisfied because we don't know if the happiness exists. That is, yeah. I mean, wow, that's that's yeah. profound and it's so true. Um, you know, and I, I think too, just related to all of this, I started this because of what it did for me. You know, I I saw the transformation in myself that I, I honestly, like I looked at it and I was like, I can't believe this happened. Like a lot of people that are in my life right now only know me since then. Um, no, but if I, when I come across people from like back in the day, they're like, "What happened to you?" <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> I, it's like literally some people I think don't even recognize me. It's just not even the same person. And yeah. so I felt like if I can go through this transformation, then anybody can. I mean, it's just it's it's not like it's easy necessarily but once you get a taste of it it almost can be sort of easy because it feels so good yeah well and that's the hallmark of every great student is to therefore become a teacher like you to 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 pass the baton i mean it's it's part of uh i mean if you found a fabulous restaurant which you have and you've told me you would tell me about it you'd be like jen you gotta you gotta try this you gotta why would it be any different for self-development so I love that you've taken, I mean, like, this is like the time, the energy, the organization of, of bringing people in to share their story. It's a lot, but you know, you're, you're, you're now, you know, you're picketing for, yeah. you know, for happiness for people because you know, it's there and you believe it so much and your transformation, your A to B is so real. And now it's cool. Like I already see you in this whole nother echelon and it's not hierarchy. It's just like we, you know, look at it. I look at almost evolution, emotional and personal evolution is like math. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you've got numbers, then you've got addition and subtraction, you multiplication, and then you start working on calculus. Mm-hmm. And then you start to really, you, you know, I, you know, you start to go into different areas. So it's not about better, or worse. It's just we're, we're, we're talking in a, an emotional language, a mathematical, a mathematical feeling i'm trying let me let me get the sentence off it's like non-emotional it's almost like a math because it's progressive yeah and everyone has access 
And so now, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I don't even want to say where you are in your math equation. You're probably in calculus right now. I don't think you'd be having this conversation or this podcast if you weren't doing calculus, uh, emotional calculus um, or spiritual calculus. But what's cool is like, in my favorite part of conversations like these, and I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to give you homework, is that once you graduate to the next level of emotional math, I can't wait for you to call me. Yeah. Because there's, it just keeps going. And that's the coolest thing. And I think sometimes people get overwhelmed of what forever means or how long do I have to go? I promise you it, it, it gets easier because you are excited about the challenge. You are excited about the change. Exactly. When I get a little bit uncomfortable, I'm like, Oh man. Okay. Yep. yep. We're it's, it's like that roller coaster tick 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 you're going to the top you're like okay it's coming i've got a ride ahead of me and this is where i get to learn more and open up things for myself and then also again the most gratifying part is becoming that teacher after you've learned it yeah and that's you know i i love that i love that we share this you and i have accomplished a lot in our respective lives and we'll continue to I think that looks really cool on a LinkedIn or whatever. LinkedIn. But we are we are like humans that are learning as we go, that love to share our experience, um, because that's I think that's a big that's a big part of what this human species is about. Yeah, it's it's giving back in that sense of I don't know. It's it, it there's a feeling of community, and it's also like the legacy. Like I love feeling a part of of someone's new idea or someone's um, smile after a hard time. Like, you know what I mean? Like bringing back hope for people is often what you do when you share the road that you've already made it through that you see them kind of embarking on. So yeah. And we both do it. A hundred percent. And I mean, talking about sort of accomplishments and saying, you know, we've both had some success in, in, in career and in life. And I would agree with that. But I also think that's, an important point to, to stop on for a second because I think both of us have probably realized and maybe even struggled with this idea that like hitting these maybe milestones or these successes or these achievements like early on I know I used to just feel like well once I get to that thing then I'll feel happy right and so it's like this yeah. thing I, I always like to talk about is like I'll be happy once I and it's just like a vicious cycle that you never get out of and unless you're able to t sort of take a step back and talk to yourself and change your mindset because otherwise you're achieving things that maybe your 10 years ago self would never have even dreamed of but you still don't feel happy because you're then immediately looking to the next thing that you now feel like you have to conquer and it's just sort of a blur or a, a whatever until you get there and so I, I really struggled with that and that's again something that I still am constantly working on um, I would guess you've had some experience with that I don't know I don't know if you relate to that probably felt it come from my the pressure come from myself more than anyone but I will tell you the more I've gotten really clear on I guess who I am and how these life experiences kind of accumulate in your life you realize it's so much less about what I'm doing and so much about more about who I'm being yeah and and, and I mean, so like, I feel like plants are happier around me. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's not a job, but like, this is who I am. And I realized that like, that's the greatest difference I make. And of course, I know we, you know, we have to keep our roofs over our heads and we have, I have a cell phone bill to pay. And I, and I do understand the purpose and the, and the importance of money. Um, but I feel like abundance can look a lot of different ways. And that's mm -hmm. why I said, like, I would be very satisfied busing tables mm -hmm. I, I absolutely would and for a long time I wouldn't have been able to say that yeah like, I'm Jen Wiederstrom I'm the trainer and the biggest loser I'm a best-selling author I I I I and I really I think it, what it was was this a confrontation with not with people's expectations of me or societies but it but my own ego and what I thought it needed to look like for you to befriend me or for a man to love me or for you know or to have enough followers on Instagram to think that I you know, okay, I've got a blank 100,000 followers now. I have the authority to say something in wellness. It's like, no, 
No, this is all, it's, it all came from me. And I think once I realized that my ego was, was charging ahead of all these conversations and, and decisions, um, it was really freeing. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately it sounds like you, you did definitely go through the whole, like, I'll be happy once I period of your life, it, it, but you're yeah, on the well, other side yes. of it a lot more. Well, also I got really lucky at 24, I'm on American Gladiators, which is like a dream come true. I was an American Gladiator for Halloween multiple times yeah. because Zap was my favorite. I love Nitro and Gemini. Like, please, like this is <laughs> to see muscular people on TV doing games. I was like, wow, yeah. like bananas as a kid. And so, and then the show got canceled after two seasons, and I was like devastated. And then when Biggest Loser happened, I was like, oh my god, here's the real shot. It's something that I love doing. It's the biggest show on television. It's pinnacle for anybody in the training field. And again, two seasons, shows canceled. Now it had gone, it had gone 17 seasons, obviously, so mm -hmm. fully. But like, I remember I was just like devastated because I was like, oh my God, if this goes away, what do I do? How do I top it? And it's almost like that Jim Carrey you know, conversation that he's brought up that here I am at the top. I've done everything that in my field, like Biggest Loser was pinnacle. And I guess in, in acting, like he's a movie star, he's made how many million? He's like, there's nothing up here. He's like, I wish everybody would be famous for them to see it's not what they think it is. Yeah. And for me to reach pinnacle at 33, and I'm like, oh, I'm not, I gotta, I gotta, okay. I gotta go back on the unemployment line. Okay, we're gonna start over again. Yeah. And and in, in a way, though, it's it's not really starting over. But I, re, I made Biggest Loser my identity, even though it wasn't. And I think that's the ego speaking. Like I needed that show to prove to anybody that was willing to listen that I was I was smart. I was an authority in fitness. I've been doing this longer. Like I have a reason for you to listen to me. And the reality is, is like I don't need any of that to be Jen period. Yeah. And so now everything else is icing, but I, I got, I got to fall from that very high self-made throne, by the way, and realize that, oh, I'm, I'm still the same as everyone else. I'm no better. I'm no worse. And I don't need that to drive me forward. And once I finally detach from that and I detach from TV, I feel so lucky. I feel like I'm, I always think like poor Oprah can't go to Starbucks. Yeah. You know, like she, you know, the path that we all thought where I'll say uh, that I was sure I wanted, which was like to, to take that path of Oprah and be in the public eye. I, I mean, I, I, I don't have that, but I do have my life and I do have the freedom to go wherever my heart feels led. And there's no greater, there's no greater gift. And the fact that I get to still coach and teach along the way, you know, being Jenny is like my favorite thing to be. <laughs> and it's fun to finally get back there. That's amazing. I mean, that's all, that's all you can ask. It's, and you seem yeah. just so genuinely happy, which like, what else is there at the end of the day, right? Totally. And it's funny because, you know, getting to that, that happiness, I, I looked at like, why am I single? Why am I not a mother yet? It's because I had to arrive here first. Mm. And I, I just had a long talk with my cousin today about, you know, it's because I, I turned 40 and then he's six months after me. And so he's like, oh, okay, Jen, here, because <laughs> we're both, you know, single and we're, you know, and we're interested in relationships and, and family and everything. And, and I'm just like, you know, far better to be here now than get married and start something before I was ready or before I was in a place of real happiness. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and that's, and that's to me, um, the joy of this whole experience of knowing I've taken my time and maybe it looked different than anybody else's, but this is really my true happiness. And I wouldn't have found it if I was looking at everybody else versus listening. And that's, you know, it's, it's, and that was your experience too. You listened yeah. and I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, um, no, that's great. And I mean, mm -hmm. I think 
ultimately it's like there is no end either it's not like you just get to this destination and oh all of a sudden all my problems are solved i'm happy i have everything and i'm never gonna have yeah. to even work at it anymore it's like yeah it's, it's constant and that's that's really why that's what happy not satisfied to me means it's just like yeah. sometimes people are like what do you mean you're not supposed to be satisfied and it's like all right well, like you can talk about the semantics of it but the idea is just like you're all, you're constantly finding ways to like seek that growth and then finding the joy in that as opposed to mm -hmm. trying to get to a destination because the destination is a mirage like it doesn't exist and and mm -hmm. if that's what you think is going to happen that's that you'll be constantly um let down you know and if mm -hmm. you embrace the idea that there is no destination that there is no end and that you get to keep working on yourself and on your relationships and on your own knowledge and all these things that's so exciting and i i mean like i said i never thought of life in those terms ever until i i yeah. decided to change some things and I think as somebody that never felt it and kind of gave into like I talk about this level one of human nature where you just sort of do the first thing that you think you should do like hit snooze or sit on the couch and watch another episode of the show instead of go for a, a run or even walk around the block or eat the TV dinner instead of like taking yeah. 10 extra minutes to make you know that's like giving into level one I, I all I ever did was give into level one you know mm. and as soon as I finally convinced myself to try not doing that it almost became like addicting sounds like a negative word but like it almost became like I was I was addicted to the I was addicted to feeling good you know and mm -hmm. and so then then it was like well I'm never going to get into level one anymore and I I understand that there is no end and I'm always going to find ways to like tweak what I'm doing and make it better because it's exciting and it's cool and it's fun yeah so I think that yeah. I, I think with the sooner we can realize that, you know, you don't just there's no it doesn't stop. Just just keep keep working at it. Well, and part of it, too, my only add on is is this. Sometimes I think people get stuck on the semantics of a word like you like keep seeking, keep working. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that's intimidating to someone. Sure. I just say keep letting. Yeah. Allow. Allow. My name, Wiederstrom. It translated in uh, it's Swedish, but it's, it means uh, to resist the stream. Huh. <laughs> and my, I'm like, of course it is. Because yeah. I am like, I'm not going to resist. <laughs> and I hold on. I am so level one. And the, the moment I just let go and let the current start to take me, everything started to open up. And I just, all my suffering ended. And when I say suffering, I don't mean it dramatically, but sure. I would feel anxious or depressed or worried or just filling all these feelings that are just bubbling into the surface and I just let it happen and there's it's just I, I feel like everything just it's just starts to sink into place it's it's in and uh, by just allowing it to so there's that and I, and I also think I want to give you uh, especially because you're again about to have a little dude yeah. show up um, I think that pe there's a lot of shame that people carry because they've come to where you have arrived and then they slip back to level one mm -hmm. or they've, yeah, the weight they point. lost, they gained back. Yeah. Guys, life is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 what's cool is just realizing, okay, I have a newborn or I have a new job or we're in a pandemic or fill it in and say, but I know how to do this. Yeah. And then you, you drop the self-judgment and you just get out of level one again. I, th I think of it like gears. Like when you said level one, I think like shifting, like level yeah. one, gear yeah, yeah. two, gear three. You just shift back up and then you do it gradually and you do it well and you give yourself time and you drop shame. And that because shame tends to be the door that people can't get through because mm. it's that self-judgment. Yeah. So, so Absolutely. if you hit snooze in the next six months, Dan, I don't want you to feel bad about yourself. I appreciate it. I, I'll I'll report back. I I can't pretend to know how it's gonna go. So yeah. I, I was gonna say I'm not going to, but I, I can't I can't pretend like I know right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 excited. I'm actually excited to see how your experience uh, uh, shifts. Yeah. You know your 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 home home state. We'll call it your home. Your, yeah, exactly. This is like a Rubik's cube vibe, but you know what I mean. Because I, I mean, I'm definitely um, very regimented and routined out, and that's going to have to shift at least a little bit. So, I'll yeah. let everyone know how that all goes. I'll be dying to know. 
Thanks for having me on. I know I've been yeah. yapping at you for an hour. This has been so fun. No, no, this has been amazing. And I mean, I would love if you have anything, uh, especially I know about Foriana. I didn't do yeah. a super eloquent job describing that. But if, if there's anything else that you can share about that, I'd love to hear. Yeah, it, it was it was just my think child during the, the pandemic. And, and it, it started as like a you know, an online content platform that really gets get, gets information and story to people that is out of social media. And also a, it's a private community where, you know, we, we it's an online group that really began as like workouts and programming and now has just flourished into uh, like a group where we we have like virtual challenges together and we um, I teach live lectures and there's a lot of people that are like contribute are very supportive in the community and it's it's become uh, a very safe place of growth and support and I mean yeah we work out and yeah we talk nutrition but there's so many elements to personal development that are come along with what we do in Foriana and it's been um, it's it and I, I, I created it for people during the pandemic to help them and it's really helped me more than I ever would have realized so um, yeah, if you're looking to be get started or you know to begin again, it's a great place to come. Get your get out of first gear, and have the support and the friendship and the accountability from people in the group. And then I have people that have stayed for years and you know now, and then I have people that have like gone on to be like, I'm going to the gym now and I have a personal trainer or I joined a run club or someone's working with a triathlon coach. So it's a place to come, to stay, to go, to learn, to grow. It's all there. It's amazing. How do we find it? Yeah. Uh, just go to forianadaily.com. F-O-R-E-N-A. Actually, no, we should do just my name. Yeah. My name is Jen Wiederstrom. I have a website that can direct you. Beautiful. <laughs> look on the look on the, the show info and you'll see how to spell Wiederstrom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then that's like that's how we can find you on Instagram and stuff too. Yeah. Just okay. my name, Jen Wiederstrom. Super easy. Perfect. Um, and if you want to learn anything else about Happy Not Satisfied, our Instagram is at happy.notsatisfied, uh, and the website is happynotsatisfied.com. So, Jen, uh, I really I can't thank you enough. This is a very special conversation, and not you're glowing now. I mean, I think that I that, know, just, like that, that shows <laughs> how special this talk was. So, um, thank you, thank you, thank you, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person at some point in the future. Me too, buddy. Thank you.